welcome back to Grit Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by one member of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters, the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara, is in the beautiful mountain range of Asheville, North Carolina, trying to win some monies at the World Series of Poker Circuit Cherokee event, so send all of your positive energies to Mo. You can tweet at him at Mo Nuara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H. Apologies for the less-than-perfect sound this week. I am in the middle of a tech switch. Next week, everything should be back to sounding crispy and beautiful. Uh, but DP, how goes it? We had some football last night. Not a lot of starters playing a lot of time, but football nonetheless. We did have football. Um, if you bet on preseason, I think you're an idiot. Um, just <laughs> want to get that out of the way. Uh, I, I really just don't understand how people can actually bet on that stuff. Um, I, I don't understand how people can cover that stuff. Um, I, I just think it's crazy. Um, I, I don't. I also don't understand why by coaches and teams don't treat preseason a little bit differently. Um, you know, one one thing that sticks out to mind is Kyla Murray in Arizona. I don't know why you wouldn't have him running with the ones for a decent amount of time. He doesn't have to play the whole game, obviously, but you know, put him out there with all the guys that he's going to be playing with in the regular season. You know, it's much different than someone like a Tom Brady, for example, who is been in the league for you know almost 20 years or whatever it is and he's been he knows the system he knows the playbook he knows all of that sort of stuff but kyler murray is brand new with these receivers you want to get him reps against you know opposition that is actually trying you know to to go against you and like those guys on the other side are fighting for jobs as well and all that sort of stuff so i feel like that would you know motivate these coaches to want to put people in but you know kyler played I don't know what one series was it. Um, he and he wasn't yep, even out there with series. the with the number one like wide receivers on his team. So it's like what? I mean, is he really going to get all the experience that he needs to through practice? I mean, or, or are they just treating this as like a throwaway season? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you would want to just and and it's not like you have to run your whole playbook and like tip your hand to a lot of the other coaches in the league, but you know you sh- should want to get him out there in game reps. I would think. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said about getting adjusted to game speed. And the NFL is a way different animal than even the Big 12. You know, the Big 12 is known for pace of play, specifically on offense. So Kyler Murray's used to getting up to the line of scrimmage. And they did a bunch of that uh, last night. They were quick to get on the ball. Uh, one thing I did notice is that they did the clap snap, uh, which is something that I have not seen. At least I don't think I've seen at the NFL level, but certainly throughout the college ranks where uh, the quarterback will get under center and then uh, will clap uh, to get the ball. And, and there is a bit of that, and you, you referenced it there. There is a bit of arrogance coming out of the Cardinals camp where they don't want to show what they're going to do. Like, they're going to revolutionize the game of football. I mean, we've all seen the run and gun before. We've seen four wide. So I, I, I really don't think they're going to do anything that's that revolutionary. Um, Mainly, I think they're just worried about keeping their quarterback healthy, uh, which at this point should be the main concern. Just get Kyler to week one. If his biggest uh, detraction is his size, right, if that's the thing we're actually worried about, let's try to get him hit uh, as infrequently 
as possible. But yeah, it was weird. Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk were both suited up. They both had helmets on. I, I think I saw both of them on the field at one point. But for the most part, the guys running routes for Kyler were something called Sherfield and something called Bird, uh, who are who are not even amongst the players that are that are getting hyped from the the rookie ranks. We've heard more about uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, and uh, I, I'm blanking. I think it's uh, uh, one of the Hakeem Butler. Sorry, is the other one that uh, got a lot of hype coming into the draft and didn't see either of those guys running. Now I saw Keyshawn Johnson coming a little later, um, but yeah, it was very interesting to see something Sherfield and something Bird out on the field. What happened with Crabtree? And, yeah, they announced him, or at least I saw a beat writer announce him as a signing, and then it didn't happen. Uh, so I don't know what what that was about. Um, you know, Crabtree himself, a Big 12 guy, went to Texas Tech, uh, had that iconic last-second touchdown there, I think, his junior year. So I think he would have been a nice signing. I think he'll be, he'll be a nice signing for somebody, you know. Yeah, he's I feel a, like he's, he's going to, like, why, why isn't he signed yet? This, this, yeah, they, maybe he's just being picky. Maybe he's just... You know, maybe some bad team has called him up and offered him a position, and maybe he's just waiting for a good team that has an injury or just a situation that he wants to walk into. Or maybe, above all that, maybe he just doesn't want to go to training camp, you know? (laughs) He is a vet. He doesn't really need to go through this, you know, staying at a college or a hotel for a month. You know, he knows his route tree. He knows how to get assimilated. He assimilated very quickly in Baltimore last year. So it could just be a case of a veteran receiver wanting nothing to do with going to training camp. I think he's a good man. Real qu- I like him. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, uh, we are going to get into quarterback props this week. But we are moving feeds. So if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, whatever podcatcher app that you use, uh, go ahead and search once again for Gridiron Gamble. I know it's a bit confusing. A second feed should pop up. We'll keep this feed open until week one, and then we'll officially switch over. So if you want to keep subscribing and downloading, which please, 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 all those help out a ton, just search in your feeds for Gridiron Gamble, and a second feed should show up. Uh, if it doesn't show up right away, maybe check back next week. We'll be here to remind you of that. But just so you know, going forward, making a little switch. Uh, and, yeah, we'd, we'd love for you to, uh, to follow us and keep listening along as we enter this 2019 season. But it's prop time, individual props, the, uh, the lifting of PASPA and the introduction of regulated legal sports betting in America has really uh, motivated FanDuel, DraftKings to get on their prop game. They've done a really great job. So we've got a couple of fun quarterback props to give you this week. DP, how about you lead us off? Give us your first quarterback prop that you like for the upcoming season. Yeah, so I was mainly looking at the two sports books out of New Jersey, or at least the two prominent ones um, from a mobile aspect because they're just blowing everything out of the water. That's FanDuel and DraftKings. They have tons of props available in there, likely more um, throughout the season. Uh, first one I looked at is my boy, Tom Brady. Um, so I looked at on DraftKings, and I believe his number was 4150.5 passing yards and 29.5 
passing touchdowns. And then I looked over at FanDuel and I saw that both those numbers were a little bit higher, um, 4170.5 passing yards and 30.5 passing TDs. I like the under on both of those. And because I get better numbers over at FanDuel, that's where I would be looking to bet this. They're both minus 110 there. I mean, listen, if you ask me, Brady's still the best, but he's a year older. And if you pay attention to what's been happening with this team, specifically last year, Belichick's been setting it up to be more balanced between running and passing. Not that they're going to be a run-first team, but they're going to do more running than they ever have. I think that that was evidence last year when they drafted uh, um, Isaiah Wynn early on to be a tackle, and then they drafted Sony Michelle to be a running back. Taking a running back that high is something that Belichick has never done. Um, so, you know, we saw a lot of running and less passing. Um, last year, and he just to be, seems to be setting it up that way. You also have to factor in the fact that uh, Brady doesn't have Gronk this year, and that's a really big loss for him. Um, he also has a whole bunch of new wide receivers, and Brady doesn't always get on really well with these new wide receivers. I know this isn't as big as Gronk, but also last year for 10 or 11 games, he had Josh Gordon, and Josh Gordon provided 720 yards and was a really big body and a big target who someone like Rich over there who says Brady's not the most accurate guy, has a really big wingspan and can go get the ball. Well, he's not going to have that anymore. So I think also... Another thing is that, so Trent Brown's gone. He was the left tackle last year. He got a huge deal to go over and play with the Raiders. Um, and they have it's been like a turnstile on the offensive line throughout training camp from everything that I've been reading and seeing out of there. They don't know what's happening. Isaiah Wynn still hasn't really been able to get on the field and get like game-type reps because he had that Achilles injury last year. So they don't really know what's going to happen at left tackle. Left tackle for a quarterback like Tom Brady, who throws right-handed, is the most important position on the offensive line. So if you don't have that position locked down, I don't think you're going to be looking to throw as often, which can put your star quarterback in situations where he can be vulnerable. So I think that everything just lines up for the fact that you know Tom Brady's going to get around 4,000 yards, but I don't think he's going to pass 4,170.5, and I don't think he's going to pass 30.5 passing TD. So I'm going to take the under on both of these. First of all, great job line shopping. I was lazy. I took mine straight from DraftKings. So when I announce mine, if you find a better line, please jump in. That is something, if you guys have multiple options available to you, you should definitely be line shopping. Take the lead from DP. Uh, and then on to the actual prop itself. Tom Brady was right on the number last year with 29 touchdowns. This is something I did look at, uh, the under on 29.5 on DraftKings, but ultimately passed. It was, I was really close on it. And it's all the things you just said, mainly because one of the things the Patriots have done, because they are the sharpest team in the league, is in the red zone, a lot of people make these jokes about running backs not mattering, but in the red zone, that is when you are supposed to run the ball. That's when running the ball becomes most efficient because instead of having you know, 30, 40 yards behind you to defend in the passing game, everything becomes compressed, naturally making it more difficult to pass the ball. There are fewer windows, there's more bodies congesting, so it be- makes running the ball more efficient. Who does that more than anybody? It's the New England Patriots. Sonny Michel's a little bit of a worry for, for this standpoint because I think he's an excellent uh, goal to go back, uh, but they did uh, put some draft equity in the second round into the running back position, and just from a scheme standpoint, whoever's standing back there is going to have a great opportunity to get into the end zone, just because no team schemes as good as Bill Belichick. So this is something I did look at 
I agree with a lot of the, the narratives you've brought. In addition to, uh, you talked about the loss of Josh Gordon and Rob Gronkowski. I actually love Nikhil Harry. Uh, I think he's a perfect receiver for this type of offense. He's not great at anything, but he's good at everything. He's got a really big body. He can box out and make a lot of plays, but he's also a rookie receiver. Like, uh, look at Mike Williams, for example. He was non-existent his rookie year, but if you looked at him now, you'd say, yeah, he's a top-tier receiver in the league. It just takes time to learn at that position. So with those losses, I don't think the, the additions will catch up as quickly as maybe they hope, and that puts Brady in a position to go under in both those categories. So like it, DP. And, of course, you're anti-sweating your guys. What a shock. Yeah, you know, what a show. Got to anti-sweat my guys. I mean, listen, Brady's like, he's like 43 years old now. I mean, it's 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 really unbelievable that he's, he's still selling around. Selling his house. Yeah, that, his that house. whole thing is crazy how he's selling his house. He's only, he got this like quote-unquote extension, but it's not really an extension because it the contract is void at the end of the league year. So it's really weird. So he really is just playing for one year. So he's like, I guess that, if, if anything was going to scare me about this bet, it's the fact that he's in a contract year now. And it sounds like from the reporting coming out of Patriots camp is that for like the first time ever, Brady was the one who was like in the room as opposed it was to, to just being his agent in the room uh, trying to work out that deal. And Brady like putting in that you can't franchise me at the end of this and it's, it's a, a void contract at the end. Now he's selling his house. So, I mean, the unthinkable, could the unthinkable happen where he's playing for a new team next year? I mean, if he hits the open market, like some team's going to offer him like $35 million. And is, New England is never in a bazillion years going to pay that. Like never. How good is he, he going to look at a Tennessee Titans jersey? Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. Tennessee Titans, another one, would be, which would be super. See, the thing with the Tennessee Titans is, well, one, it's a shitty market. I mean, it's, it's just the Tennessee Titans aren't like a really widely popular team. It's it. So he's selling his house here in New England or there in New England, and he's looking around New York. So it's not like Tennessee is really anywhere. I don't think he would go to somewhere like he obviously wouldn't go to the Jets because they have Darnold. Um, I don't think he would go to the Giants because I don't think the Giants they have, would, goat, they have goat Daniel Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel Jones Hall of Fame. But then the other place that I'm thinking of, which is like because you need like a win now place, right? Dude, L.A. with the Rams, like. Screw Jared Goff. Get out of here. Like, I mean, I feel like that. Th- like, they would make a huge splash in that market. You know, get Brady out there. Like, he he is a Cali guy. You know, he's he's lived in, or he grew up in Cali when he was younger. So, you know, get him out there with all those weapons. You know, McVay's a really solid coach. So, I think that 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 could possibly work. I mean, yeah, Tennessee would be funny too. You know, the whole Mariota thing. Just get him out of there. He gets back in there. He gets uh loaded up with uh what's his name Vrabel there. I mean that would be that would be fun too, but I mean I can't imagine it happening, but it seems like it could. Or he could just get out of the f-ing league, just retire, <laughs> go away. Yeah, but I mean, I, is he going to? I feel like he's he thinks that every or I, you think he's getting closer and closer every year, and then he just keeps on sticking around. Yeah, he's gonna have to have it taken away from him for sure. And speaking of the Titans, I was making a little transition here. This is my, my favorite bet. It has. Uh, I guess it does have something to do with what's going to go on the field, but I've got Ryan Tannehill more regular season starts than Marcus Mariota at plus three fifty. Here's what you need to know, dude. This sounds Mariota. 
Mario, this is off of DraftKings. Mariota, who on this show we like to call Mariota, he's extremely injury prone in addition to not being great at quarterback. He's never played all 16 games. He missed four last year. Uh, and when he, four starts at least. And when he played last year, the Titans were three and nine. And if you look at the injury last year, the injury he suffered to his shoulder, they brought him back while he was injured just because Blaine Gabbert was a horror show, just not a professional quarterback. So if the same scenario happened and they had Ryan Tannehill, who, I mean, I'm not out here standing for Ryan Tannehill, but he's fine. Like, he's a replacement-level quarterback in the NFL. I don't think they're as quick to bring back Mariota. In addition to that, one of the things that you have to do in the NFL when we're trying to parse the tea leaves here is follow the money. And the Titans did not offer Mariota a fifth-year option. And on top of that, they went out and acquired Ryan Tannehill via trade. So didn't give Mariota the fifth-year option, went out of their way to trade assets for Ryan Tannehill. And on top of all of that, the Titans open up at Cleveland, home to the Colts, at Jacksonville, who, not great, but on the road, a different story against that defense, and then at Falcons. This could be a 1-3, 0-4 start. Marcus Mariota gets the hook and never sees the field again for the Tennessee Titans. On top of that, he could just get hurt. So it's a bit of a long shot, I think, but at plus 350, DP, I think we got to put some love and trust in our boy Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill backup quarterback signing. Like, Ryan Tannehill was a starter in the league. I mean, granted, he wasn't that good, but he was still a starter, and he could probably start for some of the teams just given the quarterback landscape that's out there across the NFL. I mean, there are some dreadful QBs. Um, Mariota being one of them you know he's like as you said he's super fragile I mean every time that guy gets hit I'm like oh he's injured like he's 100% injured and it's funny because he's a guy who he was a running quarterback coming out of college or at least that was one of his really you know high skill sets is that he could just take off from anywhere and you know it's it's he's not like a Cam Newton where he's just like a total moose and he's going to run you over um, he's like he gets out there in the open field, and if, if you hit that guy, I mean, there's a really good chance that he's going to hurt something. I mean, he's just built that way. Some people are just injury prone. I mean, I, I like this a lot, and I don't, you know, I think that they would be quick given that that early schedule to to pull the plug here. I mean, he's they didn't pick up the option, so that that kind of tells you right there, right? I mean, you mentioned it. They didn't pick up the option, so yeah, he's it's it's he basically this is he has to prove it. Like Mariota has to prove. That he's well, either one the the Titans' future quarterback, or two, at least good enough to even be a starting quarterback in the league, because he might go somewhere else and he might go there as a backup. You know, he could be like the next Ryan Tannehill, where like Tannehill kind of wore out his welcome uh, there in Miami, and they moved on from him and decided to reset the whole thing, and now he's going somewhere to be the backup, possibly be the starter. Um, eventually, uh, at least. So, I mean, Mariota's got got a lot on his hands. I'm not really high on him at all this season so I, I like this pick how many mvps for mariota in new england god please don't bring that guy to new england for the love of god <laughs> dude all the love out of new england is this guy jared stidham out of uh, i don't even know where he played lsu something or, stidham yeah they're all all they're talking about is that guy so 
Oh, I remember that. We were watching the draft on your uh, on your wedding day when they picked something stood ham. Yeah, something stood him. I mean, but he's I guess he's crushing. So who knows? I mean, good for him. All right, give us another QB prop. Um, so another one. I'm gonna keep it less exotic than yours. Stick along the same things. I like your guy, dude, Sam Darnold. Oh, we have the same one. <laughs> we do. What, which one do you have? Do you have the over on yards? I've got over on passing touchdowns. Okay. Twenty-two and a half on DraftKings. What a joke! Well, Come I on. have the over on passing yards. It's thirty-five hundred point five passing yards at FanDuel. I think it's thirty-six hundred at DraftKings. So again, if you're looking to line shop, um, FanDuel has twice now proven that they've uh, had a better better number here. I mean, listen, I think Darnold his second year, so he's going to have a little bit of experience under his belt. Um, I, I believe he has the tools to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to be like the best in the league. Um, but I think that he can certainly be like a top five to eight starter in the NFL going forward. Um, and and I've, I've always liked him. So I think that that's a good thing. I, li- I like the fact that he's got Anderson and Nunwa and Crowder as weapons. I mean, I think that that's a good group of receivers to work with. I think the addition of Crowder is, is really nice. I mean, Crowder catches a ton of balls. He's really good at you know picking up yards both before the catch and after the catch. I mean, I think he's good for like 55 to 65 receptions and like 800 yards, which is a nice boost for them. The biggest addition, though, Le'Veon Bell, man. Le'Veon. Listen, when's the last time the Jets had like a true pass-catching threat as a running back? Like it was like Bilal Powell. It's got to be Curtis Martin. Well, it's got to be Curtis Martin. I'm not even counting Bilal Powell. Yeah, well, okay, so what I was going to say is like the last time – or the highest in recent years is like Bilal Paul. I think in 2015 he had 388 passing or receiving yards. Like Le'Veon Bell has, he once had like four or five years ago he had like 830 receiving yards. The past two seasons that he played, he didn't play last season. He had over 600 receiving yards. So if you can get another 600 receiving yards out of Bell, and I think that Bell's like, you know, Bell's not in a contract year but he's certainly in prove it mode like because he did the whole thing where he sat out and he bet on himself and now he has to come out and prove it i think you saw a little bit of that where the rumblings out of camp that he was like running the conditioning test multiple times and he's like you know f you guys i'm gonna do this like i'm still the guy i'm still in shape all that sort of stuff so if he's still walking around with that swagger and that prove it mentality i think that's only a really good thing for the jets and a really good thing for darnold um in these yards so i mean listen if i think uh, Crowder's going to get 800 yards. If I think Bell's going to add another 600, that's 1,400 yards right there. I mean, I basically need 2,100 more yards somewhere, and that's like a drop in the bucket for a quarterback in the 2019 NFL. I'm, and, and I know this is total propaganda, but the Jets, like many teams, have their own digital <laughs> show that is a lot like Hard Knocks. And on one of the opening episodes, uh, Darnold was breaking down a play from last year where he threw an interception because going after going through his first two progressions, he just tried to break pocket and make something happen when the check down was just right in front of him. And I know it's preseason and it's just one drive, but he did the same thing last night. He, threw a, he, he went through two progressions, and then he threw a drag route to your boy, Jamison Crowder, and Crowder had so much space in front of him that he just walked forward for like 30 yards. So... Second year is typically when quarterbacks take a leap, and I I think, and I'm being, being a super homer here, but I think the sky's the limit for this kid. And those easy throws become even easier when it's guys like Crowder and Bell 
who can not only find themselves open at the line of scrimmage or near the line of scrimmage, but then make a play after they get the catch. So hey, they got totally a good schedule it. too. I mean, they got they got like a good schedule for for this type of bet is. They play a lot of teams where there's likely going to be a lot of points. Like, they play the Patriots twice, so they're going to have to score to stay with them. They play the Steelers, they're going to have to score to stay with them. The Eagles probably have to score to stay with them. Or, sorry, yeah, they play the Eagles, sorry. Um, but they also get the Bills twice. The Bills are a dumpster fire. they got to play the Redskins. They're horrible. they got to play the Giants. They're god-awful. they got to play the Bengals. They're so bad. The the Raiders can't get out of their own damn way. They're going to be awful. Like the, they play the Dolphins twice as well. They're just straight tanking. So like this is this. I feel like this is an absolute lock for him to get more than thirty five hundred yards. I mean, if he doesn't get thirty five hundred yards, he had to have, like have missed four games this season. So to, I'll pile on to that narrative, and I've got the over on twenty two and a half touchdowns. So in order to reach twenty two and a half, you have to have. Basically, a little less than one and a half touchdowns per game, which just seems absurd. Last year, uh, Darnold played 13 games, and if you prorated that to 16 uh, at his touchdown rate, he would have thrown 21, so just a touchdown and a half shy. And if you take the games that he came back after his injury, when he just he kind of lit the world on fire, that would have adjusted to 24. So he's already on pace to match or exceed this rate last year. On top of that, according to Football Outsiders, the Jets played the toughest defensive schedule in the league last year. And you, know, you guys out there know we use Football Outsiders a lot, but Football Outsiders numbers are so much more reliable after the season because they can take the entire snapshot and analyze it from there. According to Sharp Football, as DP mentioned, that number is going to get easier this year. It's not the easiest. They still are projected to face the seventh toughest pass defense schedule in the league, but it's certainly not number one. So a little bit of an easier schedule, new offensive coach, new offensive weapons, the natural progression from year one to year two. I mean, I don't know why these numbers are so low, DP. It seems like it's all there. You also got to figure out he's got Adam Gase this year, who is is much more of an offensive mind a quarterback like guru whisper like all that sort of stuff like he's he's certainly going to be way better equipped to put Darnold in situations where he can thrive than any of the reason Jets coaching coaching staff was so I really like the fact that he's got Gase again I mentioned the weapons Le'Veon Bell with your touchdown thing like if they get down in the red zone like I don't think Le'Veon Bell is going to want to just be pounding the rock there he doesn't want to catch it out of the backfield run it in that sort of stuff I mean that's the type of back that he is so I think that that serves him well for the touchdowns. Um, just Le'Veon Bell in general, all over the field, he can break a pass. Like he can take a screen and take it to the house, which is good for you. You know, he's probably good for what two to four passing touchdowns or receiving touchdowns, which is a really good thing. I mean, I, I like it all around. I like the passing touchdowns. I like the passing yards on Darnold. I think he's going to take a big leap this year. Yeah, I'm and I'm definitely bullish on Gates too. I mean, look, he took a ragtag bunch in Miami and made them competitive from an offensive standpoint. The image that sticks out to me from last year is that the high five from Albert Wilson to Jakeem Grant. Like, who are Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant? Like, when Tannehill was getting injured, like, who are these guys playing quarterback? And despite all that, you know, Gase was able to make it work from time to time. So I'm, I'm, I'm bullish and I'm trying to, trying to stay cautiously optimistic because the Jets have broken my heart too many times. All right, DP, 
Give us a third and final QB prop you like. I'm actually going to give you two. Sorry, but I'll be quick with them. That's okay. One. No, it's okay. Pa- More than Mario. Patrick Mahomes over 4,610.5 passing yards because I think that that is ridiculously wow. low. I mean, he threw for wow. 5,097 yards last year. Like He's going to yeah, light the, the reg- world on fire again. The, re- the regression monster is coming, bro. Yeah, but co- I know the regression monster can come, but I have 500 yards to play with. So I- 287 yards per game is... It, that's so many yards. Hey man, I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'm in on Patrick <laughs> Mahomes to take the over. But the other one is the. So this one's kind of a fun one. The QB interceptions leader, and I found this on DraftKings. So yes, I was looking at this, Ro- I, and I actually like the favorites. Spoiler alert: Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston are the favorites of plus eight hundred, and I wanted to click them, but I just couldn't click a favorite. Basically, <laughs> yeah. So I I can't click favorites either. I mean, you guys have taught me well. Don't click favorites. Don't eat the chalk. So I I looked a little bit further down the list. And I stumbled across Ryan Fitzpatrick at plus 2,500. Now, wow. listen to this. Last year, he finished ninth in this category, tied, tied for ninth. He threw 12 picks. He only played eight games. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, if you just double that, he blows away the competition. So, I don't even need Ryan Fitzpatrick to play the whole season in Miami. Josh Rosen can certainly come <laughs> on in. But I feel like if Josh Rosen doesn't look good or, you know, I feel like they could they could easily do something in Miami where it's like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick plays like the first two games and just totally sucks. And then Josh Rosen comes in. But then he sucks. And so then they go back to, you know, just back and forth, flip-flopping all over the place. I have no idea what could happen. Fitzpatrick is also a guy where, like, as much as Miami seems like they want to tank, like, he's never going to tank. He's got too much heart to ever, ever, ever tank. I mean, he was running and gunning in the preseason game yesterday or whatever. Like, he, he, that guy does not care about anything. He's trying to win football games, you know, and I, I love that about him. I know we love that about him, but he's also the Fitzpowder keg, and he can blow at any time. He could easily go off for four to five interceptions in a game. So, I, plus 2,500, I'll take my shot with him. It's much lower than any of those favorites. I'm getting 25 to 1 on my money. Don't even need to, him to play the whole season, and I still feel <laughs> confident in it. You know, he could get the 12 picks in four games, that guy. Like, he could easily do that. So, I just love this. I love this pick. It's a little bit of a fun one. You don't have to bet a lot of money. You can put a little bit of money down and win pretty big. So, I like this one. Back to your Mahomes thing real quick. According to Sharp Football, they play the hardest defensive schedule in the league. You know who plays the second hardest? Your Miami Dolphins. So, Love it. The Fitztragic interceptions could be en route. So good. That's a fun one for sure. Uh, mine is going to sound very surprising to fans of Gridiron Gamble. Originally, uh, speaking of Fitzpatrick, his former quarterback mate Jameis Winston I was looking at the passing title and looking at uh, Sharp Football's analysis and I saw that the Bucks are projected to have the easiest passing schedule in the league which made me go and look at Jameis Winston and I saw that he's only plus 1100 to win the passing title 11 to 1 that didn't seem like enough juice for me to squeeze and then while I was looking at it there was a player in the same conference, who had double the odds, plus 2,200, to win the passing title. And that's Carson Wentz. Now, everybody knows I'm not the biggest Wentz fan. But what's happening here? How can Carson Wentz be the ninth-ranked quarterback according to these passing total yards? I guess people are baking in 
his injury concerns, which I guess is fair and merited, but, you know, ACL tears and knee injuries, those aren't injury-prone things. Those are just freak accidents, so I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, according to Sharp Football, they've got the 12th easiest passing schedule, so not as easy as Tampa Bay, but right around the middle of the pack. And this is a guy who is a former MVP candidate. He's plus 1,400 to win the MVP. So if you're just looking at MVP odds and you want some some longer odds, maybe you just bet on passing at 2,200. And my biggest gripe with Carson has always been his midfield accuracy. You know, that 10 to 12 yard, put your foot in the ground and kind of sling it out there. Well, they've kind of solved for that with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. They run the 12 formation and then they had these monster tight ends that can block out the sun and make catches down the seam. And then on top of that, this is what smart organizations do. They build strength on strength. They give Carson Wentz Deshaun Jackson, who can just sprint down the field. You don't need to be super accurate. You just throw the ball a quarter mile, Uncle Rico style. And I don't know how he's doing it, but Deshaun Jackson's still out here beating guys <laughs> on fly routes. Still, still so Add fast, on, so fast. I don't understand it. Uh, and on top of that, you still have Alshon. You bring in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Everybody's loving Miles Sanders. This is a great organization. It's going to be a great offense. So this is just way too much value for me to pass up. Give me Carson Wentz, plus 2,200 to lead the league in passing. I was looking at that list as well, um, and I saw someone right a, a little bit above him, and that's Drew Brees at plus 1,700, which, I mean, does he, do they not throw the ball anymore? Or like what? I, don't, I thought that that that's, was like... That's, that's part of it, yeah. They've, they've balanced out tremendously. Uh, and who wouldn't when you've got uh, Alvin Kamara out there? Last year they had Ingram. They'll replace Ingram this year with Latavius Murray. And just like we were talking about with Brady, you know, Drew Brees is 40 years old. So yeah. I don't think he's going to be out here throwing for... In order to win this, you have to throw for 5,000 yards, probably, right? Between 47 and 5,000. Yeah, the way that two the people, league is nowadays, definitely. Yeah, two people eclipsed 5,000 last year. Your boy Mahomes and then Ben Roethlisberger. So, I mean, I was just thinking with Breeze at, you know, I was, I was questioning if, if... I was trying to think through, you know, if, if they had switched to, like, a more balanced style offense. And I was like, you know, even if even if they did last year, like, is 17 enough to 1 still enough for me to take a gamble on Drew Brees that they return to the prolific passing offense that they have? And, and I mean, I feel like it's on the cusp of that line that I would need to take because, you know, but I also, I was thinking that I don't, I'm not so sure the books are doing themselves any favors by having that number. I mean, Drew Brees is a big name and the Saints are known for passing. So couldn't they just make that number shorter? Like, just make it like, you know, plus a thousand plus 1200 put him up there with you know a Jameis Winston and stuff because everyone thinks that Drew Brees whether or not we I mean after I saw the number I, I looked up the the stats from last year and I saw he was much lower on the list and all that sort of stuff but you know don't, people still think that he's Drew Brees and it's still the New Orleans Saints and they still have Michael Thomas and all that sort of stuff well I think they're doing the reverse yeah they're they're leaving them long and trying to get a lot of volume on the bet because they think that the bet's kind of drawing dead like I, I bet you that's one of the highest volume bets for passing leader. True. Because people see the name and they see the odds and they're just going to pile because they think of Drew Brees of the mid-2000s, you know, throwing for 5,000 yards and they're just not going to adjust the line. 
because they're confident that the Saints are more of a balanced team. So that might just be the, the bookmakers leaving it there and just taking a bunch of action and being okay with assuming that kind of risk. Yeah, I, I, man, I was just thinking that might have been the case even with a shorter line, you know, like plus 1,200. Like, I, like why make it 17? You could make, right, you could, right. you could just They be, could just make be, it a lot more. It's the same thing with, like, every, every week we talk about, like, the Patriots spread. They just make them these insane numbers because they know people are still going to just bet the Patriots all the time. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, that's the quarterback position. We'll be back to talk running backs and receivers. We'll give a little fantasy advice. Remember, like I said off the top, you have to check for Gridiron Gamble in your podcatcher feeds, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, however you are listening to us. Please, please, please subscribe to the new feed. We'll be reminding you in the upcoming weeks. DP, you can follow him at Donnie underscore Peters on Twitter. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. The NFL season is creeping closer and closer. We'll see you next week. Peace. Out.